0: Here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly. And voila, you get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, that count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky.
1: Hello, and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast. I'm your host, David Turetsky. Like always, we try and find you the most brilliant people to talk about HR technology, HR data, HR analytics, and HR process. At the 2022 HR Technology Conference in beautiful Mandalay Bay Conference Center, we're here talking to my friend, Jason Aberbook from LeapGen. Jason, it's a pleasure as always. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. My I'm pleasure. not sure about
2: the brilliant part, but other than that, great to be here. I think people
1: have chosen to use that word about you in other contexts, so I'm going to let it go because <laughs> okay. I feel that way. So, Jason, we all know about you, but as we always do on the HR Data Labs podcast, what's one thing that no one knows about you?
2: It's got to be different than the last couple times you've been on the program, too. Wow, great question. One thing that no one knows about me. Something that happened recently, something you're thrilled about, something you're not so thrilled about. So it's going to be a personal story, but I'm going to maybe cry. So I can't believe I'm picking it. My son was in a terrible football accident this past weekend. No way. Yes. Okay. Um, He... uh, Got hit high and got hit low at the same time. Uh, He has a broken fibula and tibia. Had surgery in the hospital weekend, but thank goodness there's nothing else more than that. So senior year, captain, senior year is over. But you know, it one of the things that puts everything into perspective.
1: I'm so sorry. uh,
2: No, and so for me, I'm I like to talk about it just because. For me, it's how do you bring humanity into everything we do and realize that people are humans outside of work and humans are inside of work. It's the same human. Yeah. And like for me, that's something that I think we have to get better at in HR. So I'll tie those two together that way. So everybody, I'm going to go give Jason a hug right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So hug has been delivered. Um, Thank you for sharing that. My son actually went through surgery today. He had to have his tendons in his leg changed. Oh, goodness. So he went through surgery just a little while ago. Okay. And the big scuttlebutt in my household was, which color cast was he going to get? So, what job. did he get? Purple. Oh, nice. That's my son. Go Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should be very happy this weekend. Yes. 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 Very un- Very surprising, but-, but a great victory, yes. actually, nonetheless. And for those of you who are... Packers fans. It was Packers, right? Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry, but...
2: But you know you that Aaron Rodgers sad
1: face? It's fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, he'll be on Ayahuasca today and everything will be fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's wonderful to talk to Jason and we get to talk to Jason often, but it's always a pleasure. And today what we're going to try and talk about is the differences that we've seen from 2022 to 2023, what we we're expecting for 2023, and what did we see in the world of HR process and how it's going to and how it has impacted HR technology. And Jason shares this little space in the thought leadership world where he can certainly talk about both of those things. So Jason, let's talk about 2022. What surprised you in 2022 from an
2: HR process or technology perspective? Well, I think the biggest thing that surprised me and is still surprising me, you know, present tense, is post-2020 and everything that happened in 2020, the combination that we had a public health pandemic, yep. we have social justice pandemic, we had a massive breakdown in trust at all levels of the government. Yep, We had we've had geopolitical issues. Yep. We've got people entering the workforce that have never not been digital. Right. We have just massive, massive platonic shifts in the world. The fact that it's still moving and shifting right now at the end of 2022 is surprising to me. And it shows me that it's not a blip no. on the radar screen. You know, We've seen blips before like 9-11. Yeah. We've seen blips before like Y2K. We've yep. seen blips before, like the housing crisis in 2008, but we're yep. moving at a pace that every day, I mean, I know that we're recording this and it's going to be played another time, but you yep. know, the stock market dropped 1,250 points yesterday, you know, to the, the biggest drop since June of 2020 when people said that COVID was going to be airborne. Right. And that makes people fear what's next. And I think that, you know, so I know you asked a question about HR, but you can't talk about HR without talking, or you shouldn't, excuse me. It's context. Talk about HR without the perspective of what's going on at a macro level. Absolutely. So if I then take that to HR, Mm -hmm. HR has had to be very agile, be very ready to respond. And HR has changed the way it's had to think about what its priorities are Mm -hmm. to deal with the fact that I've got, this traversing landscape of human challenges. And if my job in HR is to deliver empathy and to make sure I understand how workers can be their best selves, anything that's an HR process built before 2020 truly probably makes no sense. Well,
1: also, I think we've talked about this in the past where HR has had to be the connective tissue for all process gaps. And so when the pandemic hit, we had to be that glue that did all the reporting, the governmental reporting, as well as the internal reporting on how are we making sure our employees are still productive? How are they safe? And where are they? Just where the hell are they? Correct. And you, you're talking about these seismic shifts. It's almost like we're getting punch drunk to them where, you know what? What else can happen? You know, so there's going to be, you know, so we're having the monkey pox. It's almost gone over with a yawn that the first death just happened, I think it was yesterday in California, the first reported death from monkeypox in the U.S. Yawn. But there are impacts. There are impacts to every employer,
2: probably. But we've almost kind of reacted to them as a shrug. And I think that the thing, like we didn't even talk about another massive pandemic, which is shootings yeah. and school shootings. Right. That's another pandemic. Right. So, I mean, all of these things that we're talking about are all human in nature. And I think what it's what it requires HR to just be very, very good at is to check in with people and to think about as I check in with people, how do I use that data to actually do something with it? Absolutely. But it has to be and I'm so um, passionate about this. It has to be within the day. It can't be within a week. It can't be scrubbed by a data analytics team and we'll get back to you in six months. Right. Anonymized. Right. Because by then, I mean, we talk about all these things that are happening. Other things will happen. Yeah. Yeah, It it, it doesn't make sense. So we just have to speed up our cycles and speed up our our behaviors.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe. This podcast is made possible by salary.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And maybe that's a good transition because if we have to be faster and react in HR more to these things, have we seen any shift currently that surprises you in the HR
2: technology to enable us to do this or not? And that's a problem. So technology is, a, is the fuel that enables these strategies, human strategies to happen. And I see massive shifts in HR technology, quote-unquote. You know, I think I've probably said before, I don't know if on this podcast, but you've probably heard me say it, I hate the term HR technology. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's basically technology and it's work technology, if anything. But the fact that there's solutions that can pulse how I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis, there's solutions that check in with me, that nudge me, there's solutions that listen to my chatter, quote-unquote. These are all solutions there's solutions that drive experience that don't actually just care about capturing data, but actually improve the way I fe- can make an employee feel. Right. But while I've seen these, it hasn't been surprising. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's really surprising is the thud that a lot of them have hit with mm-hmm. when all of a sudden I, as an HR function, roll out a tool thinking that I'm doing something good for the employees. Sure. And the employees smack me in the face by not <laughs> using it. Or and, the manager smack you by saying, yet another thing, you're thrusting upon my people. And, and I think the thing that we have to realize, and I said this yesterday on a panel, is these can't be HR things. Yeah. And em- a general employee who doesn't speak HR, who doesn't know how to spell HR, doesn't want to get an email from HR. No. It, it just don't. No. It, I they my, probably fear it, actually. Yeah. That same son I talked about earlier, yeah. when he you know, he was did his camp counseling, HR sent him an email saying... Your I nine was filled out <laughs> wrong. He's like, Mom, you filled out my I nine wrong. By the way, what's an I nine? Exactly. You know, why and, do I care? Right. Exactly. And like, so I mean, to get an yeah. to get a, a, an email from HR to do something, yeah. Without what's the value to me? Right. They're like, what's it going to mean to me? Right. Like, it just it's it, it it falls on less than deaf ears. And and then I guess the question
1: is by not talking about these things as business processes, because paying people is a business process. Yes. Someone does some work, they're rewarded for that work by actually getting a check. Right. By not considering it to be a business process and considering it to be HR, it then gets relegated to the back of our minds, right. unless it does impact like my bank account,
2: yeah. my health insurance, right. or something really catastrophically important. And these are really capabilities that are made up of processes and journeys. Right. So... You know, like sometimes we get a little too caught up in the process, 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 process. Yeah. You know what we're really doing is we're deploying capabilities to get someone paid, yeah. to get someone a benefit, right. to get someone taken care of. And underneath that, there's processes that we have to go through as a function, and then there's journeys that the employees, yes. managers, and leaders go on to actually take advantage right. of that capability. Right. So I think that does that make sense? I think oh, that sometimes totally I get sense. concerned. We talk too much about. Process automation, process automation, and well, let, let's go one step above that and say what we're really doing is trying to deploy a capability that might be made up of some processes. But I think where it has always
1: come from, and I go back to this because my experiences when I first started out at work in the 1980s, is that we're really just automating those paper processes we always had as a background and as a thing we always had to do like when you were onboarded in your first job you filled out the paper forms for your w4 your your your, your i9 your benefits information yeah. all that other stuff you filled it out on paper all we've done is basically webify all those forms
2: right we and that, haven't made it any easier yeah and what's really important to think about there and you know language that we use all the time when working with customers is the difference between a technology transition and a digital transformation right so you know trans means change. Yeah. So the question is am I changing my technology from paper to a web form? Yeah. Or am I truly transforming, which is changing right. the way work happens? Right. And I, you know, my keynote on Friday here, I'm gonna talk about the value and the importance of not doing digital, but right. being digital. Right. And every person at, at this conference has to is digital. Like Not it they need to be digital. That's the speed in their consumer life, yes.
1: But have you have you ever seen HR really take on, I mean, and maybe there are some here that have done it, really skip the generations and go from nineteen fifty all the way to twenty twenty two and say, you know what? I know all this stuff was done in the past a certain way.
2: Let's do something
1: completely different.
2: Let's not worry about our old our heritage. I'm seeing positive trends. On, I'm seeing positive trend lines. You know, I, without naming clients. You know, how do we make sure that we pay people every day? Because now they want to get paid every day. Yep. That's transformative. That's yep. not a transition, right? That's transformative, right. and that's adjusting to the fact that this is how this new population wants it's to, to get work. Paid. You know. <laughs> how, you know. I. I, I applaud. You know. Once again, I I use my kids as a case study all the time. Yep. You know, my fourteen year old, I'll say, dude, go online and try to apply for a job. So like, you want a job at this place. Right. And he gets to the front page and he said, I don't know what to do. Exactly. And I was like, it says careers right there. Yeah. He's like, I don't want a career. Right. I want I a job. Want a job. <laughs> you know? So I mean there are companies that have right. now taken and made that process. It frictionless for a 14-year-old right. to do on their device. Right. It doesn't look like a web form where I'm scrolling things all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, we have made progress in the, in these areas and true transforming, you know, the way I apply for a job, the way I'm onboarded, the way that I actually get help if I need it through a voice and say, you know, I'm having yeah. a baby. What What right. benefits does the company offer? Right.
1: But, but let's talk about that transformative process for a second. Or let's talk about going and leaping. Leaping over where we were. Sorry, I'm going to borrow your words. Oh. But let's talk about the fact that he can download, given he has access, he can download a game and start playing immediately. Probably doesn't even need to have a registration, because they're probably going to use the Apple, the Android registration right, right, right. they already, already have done on the phone. So immediately they're able to actually do something. Yep. In the world of jobs it's not the case you can't go to McDonald's and right away put on an apron you can't even go into McDonald's get a job and get into the training program right away there's process and process and it's not the same as a consumer experience
2: right it's not the same but the the work is being done to okay. get better and it's all That's you know right. it's all about the d word design yeah those experiences quote unquote we'll call them yeah. for my, for the kid have been designed for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, where the world of work is, is that we still have designed most of our things for the HR function. Exactly. And then we've just turned them around right. and pushed them on the employee. Yeah. And the employee's like, "What do I do? Right. Where do I go? Right. This wasn't designed for me, right. so I abandon." Right. And then I call, right. and we keep that crazy yeah. craziness going and going and going, generation after generation. Right. So, but I will tell you. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm an optimistic person, but there is movement in the right direction. I think organization. I mean, it's why we're in business. Right, I mean, exactly. but organizations struggle to think about the sequence in which they do things, mm-hmm. and you know, we have to switch from thinking about minimum viable products to minimum lovable products.
1: And that's great,
2: you know, because that's what the why our kids would download an app and keep using it. Is because it's lovable to them right away, right? You know, if they said, "Hey, keep just keep playing with it for the next three months, right. and maybe it'll get better," they're not going to do it. No, ten minutes in, they're not going to do right. it. Right, and that's why most employee-facing tools fail. Yeah, is because I roll it out in a minimalistic way that because it's speed, right, instead of the quality that I need to actually drive some sort of an adopt adoption to addiction mentality. And, and if the employee doesn't like it, they don't
1: have the option of not doing it because the compliance effort there is they have to do it. Right. And if you're forcing them to do it, even if they hate it, what are you doing but raising resentment in the but, mind of the employee?
2: The other thing is that's happening, though, around those lines, and if you look at any Glassdoor data, people are leaving based on the fact that it's too hard to work in this company. Yeah. So if I can't figure out how to do it, and the experience isn't such that's frictionless enough… Yeah for me to do the job I was hired to do instead of someone else's job, there's too many jobs. Like it's so easy to find a job now and that's not going to change.
1: No. Well, what might change though is the work that's being offered. Right. So right now we're seeing a lot of knowledge workers, a lot of knowledge work jobs being unfilled. We see a lot of unskilled jobs being unfilled because a lot of the knowledge workers are saying, Hey, I can, I can get the same rate of pay and not be stressed out. I, I'm a nurse. I am, you know, I'm stressed out of my brains. I can go take a non-stressful job for basically the same pay right now. Right. And those go unfilled. Those go unfilled. Or on in strike in, in terms of some yeah. very close to home areas right. for you. But, and,
2: but that's going to continue.
1: Yeah. I, I mean,
2: the employees have won. Like, period. They can drop the mic and go home. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, there are four people retiring every day. And every day there's one person entering. Right. So there's not going to be 20 million people dropped out of the sky that are 20 years old. And unemployment's at all-time lows. Right. And jobs are going unfilled. Right. There are tons of jobs being added going right. unfilled. So if I don't like my job, I could easily find another job. Yep. I mean, that's a very, for those people that can't find a job, I apologize. That's a very generalized statement. Right. But overall, right. the market is such that it, it favors the employee right now. Right. More than it favors the employer. But
1: but I would say to that person who's looking for a job right now, jobs that say that they have to be co-located with the headquarters, I would apply anyways mm-hmm. if you're not in that location. Yep. Because they may have relaxed their work from the office policy,
2: and they may not have updated yet in their terminology on the web. But this And, and this goes back to your question around, you know, what am I surprised about in 2022 is... And I mean, surprise isn't the right word, but we're still watching this whole new work model be formed. And, you know, building capabilities around it have to be agile because it's changing still. It's still changing. You know, hybrid is not like what it means. I mean, you can't say, hey, here's the hybrid tool because hybrid means something different to every single person that you talk to. And there are still COOs saying, you know, we're going to mandate people to go back to the office. Once, Jamie Diamond just said this at J.P. Morgan. Right. Once this COVID thing's over, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what you're reading, but the COVID thing's not going to be over. No. You know, and the reason that people are not going back to the office is not because of COVID. Like, that's not why. Like, well, some of it goes back
1: to something that Chris Havrela and I talked about yesterday, which is the command and control structure. that's built into their yes, brains. Yeah. It's still there. Yes. Yeah. And they're still hoping for the day they can get it back and
2: not evolving to what you're calling this new this new work model. But you don't need to be with a person to command and control. And I mean, excuse me, that's probably too too dumb of a statement. But until people get that mindset changed, you know, they're going to constantly struggle because there is not one right answer to this. No. No, there's not. There's not. No I am not going to write a book. No one's going to write a book that's going to say here's the right answer to the work. No. The the we are all working together to create what our OUR next yes. now of work looks like. Right. And, and that's going to keep going for a while. Yep. Maybe forever. Right.
1: Well the balance had been for at least 60-70 years that I can tell from everything I've read and from everything I've experienced in the 30 years I've been in the workforce. That that balance of power definitely shifted from the employer to the employee, as far as the what do I want or how do I want to work.
2: Yeah, and it took an event, a public a health pandemic, okay. to actually make people realize. Yeah, but I mean, someone says, you know, only in only in 2022 can you run a remote company, like. I ran a remote company from 2004 to 2012. When we sold it, that was completely remote. Yeah, you know. Now, did I use different tech? I did. I use Zoom? No. Did right. we do conference calls? Yes. yes. But we've been running remote companies for a long time. Yes. You know, successfully, the, by the way. Yeah. The, the thing that's changed is that all of a sudden I got forced into. Yeah. I got forced into trying something. Yeah. And some people don't even remember this, which is fascinating to me that before 2020 most people wouldn't turn on their cameras that's right there were conference calls yeah like oh yep here's the conference call got a conference call got a conference call yeah now if you don't turn on your camera like uh, what's wrong yeah something going on oh my hair looks terrible too right yeah so i mean all of this stuff is the new formulaic kind of modeling of work
1: hey are you listening to this and thinking to yourself man i wish i could talk to david about this well you're in luck We have a special offer for listeners of the HR Data Labs podcast, a free half hour call with me about any of the topics we cover on the podcast or whatever is on your mind. Go to salary.com forward slash HRDL consulting to schedule your free 30 minute call today. So let's take that one step further and say, what's your prediction for 2023 then? Where do you think 2023 is going to go from an HR
2: and HR technology perspective
1: or sorry, I apologize, business technology perspective.
2: So David, I think, whether anyone wants to say it or not, that 2023 is going to be a recessionary year. Hmm. I firmly believe that what we do in HR will be driven by what we're allowed to do by finances in our company. Sure. More than ever before. Hmm. I think that in HR on a sunny day, You can play with tools. You can play with trying things, et cetera, et cetera. On a cloudy day, you know, you have to be much more focused on outcomes. Sure. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about what makes sense with an S shifting to what makes sense with a C. Yeah. And I truly believe that there's going to be more scrutiny on show me the impact of this because we're closing offices because people aren't going back to work. Mm-hmm. We're cutting expenses. You know, airfare costs are crazy. Yep. You know, like, do we, we've proven that we don't need to travel for those meetings. Right. Like Every organization's trying to figure out, as with a lighter consumer demand, mm-hmm. how do I stay profitable and keep my earnings numbers good? And the way to do that is to cut. But we actually haven't seen consumer demand shrink
1: at all, which has been what's crazy about this recession. Job growth, unemployment low. Yes, inflation high. Yes, GDP decreasing growth over a couple of periods. But this has been, by a lot of economists' perspective, the weirdest recession in the history of the yeah, world.
2: Which is why, which is why David I d- didn't want to even call it that—a recession. I, it's a it's a period of uncertainty. Yes, from an economic standpoint, absolutely more than what we've been living through. Yeah, When your kids or when your employees say, my 401k balance went down, I'm like, yeah. Like some people forget that anyone that's under 35 has never had their 401k balance go down. down. That's right. So uh, that, no matter what you call it, recession, uncertainty, like there is a, correction yes yeah, we were we were pretty frothy for 14 years yeah you know and you and i a little older we've been through yep. downturns sure but just like you know when people say this doesn't feel like other recessions what feels like anything anymore yeah, no. no this doesn't feel you're like right. the last pandemic the yeah cuz the rest of the world changed <laughs> around it you're right you're
1: absolutely right that period of uncertainty will certainly drive different behaviors from finance from HR, But my hope is, is that changes the perspective that shareholders and boards have on what's expected. And they don't start doing the crazy baloney of letting people go because they're driving to numbers that are not
2: realistic in that period. Right. So question, question for you. Would you rather waste your money on another generation of HR technology or would you rather keep your people? Oh. Uh, it, for me, if you had the answer, I'd say keep the people. Right. And i in the same way. So it, we, maybe, maybe we use this opportunity to stop this habit trail of buying. Uh, oh, I have to go from workday to success factors. For what? Yeah. No, you don't. Right. Oh, I have to go from SAP to blah, blah, blah. No,
1: you don't. But the only caveat I'll give you on that particular point is. If you've gone and outgrown what you currently have, you're on a mid-market product when you've now grown through organic or M&A and you're now in the upmarket or, or vice versa, you've divested and now you're too big for your technology, go back down. To me, those inflection points are more important because you're not capturing the nature of the work being done and you're not enabling your business and you're probably leaving dollars on the table because your technology doesn't support your
2: organization. Completely agree. As long as you commit to yourself and your measure of success for whatever you do is what you just said. Right. If your measure of success is no one's using X, so we're going to go to Y. Right. Or cut costs. Right. Let's find a way to cut No. Yeah. And that's right. I mean, that's so I really think that people are going to be a little more careful yes. about where they spend. And I believe that boards are going to be a little more, give more scrutiny To people just spending money on technology. I actually think that that golden goose of, guys, maybe the reason people are not adopting technology is because we actually don't do a good job of changing our processes and journeys to meet them where they are Exactly. instead of blaming the tech. Right. Exactly. Well, we implement tech thinking tech will solve the
1: problem without changing the underlying ways in which we work, and therefore it
2: can't possibly do it. We've had, in the last six months, we've probably had 10 CHROs say, we can't get budget approval to replace our core HR system. Can you help us? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what are you trying to do? Like, what's going to be the right. savings? I'm like, if you're doing it for savings, savings. you're not going to do it. it right. It's costing you. Listen, these are huge companies. Yeah. It's costing you $100,000 a year to maintain this. Yeah. Like, you're about to spend $5 million a year you're, and you're going to have the same thing. Right. Yeah, same data. Right. So, like, business case? No. Right. Like, is the technology about to fail? Yeah. Do we have a security issue? Right. Right. Maybe. Right. And that's a, those are valid. Yeah. But just to say, hey, what's the business case to go from one to the other that people might use it? It doesn't work. But that's the lens that they're getting from
1: finance, yep. that's the lens they're getting from the IT organization. Right. What's the burning platform? Are we going to save, be saving money by going and doing this? Right. And, and that's where, to me, before they go and do those technology changes, yep. or even going to get the business case, they should do the business case to changing the business process, right. not the HR process, yes. right. the business process underlying
2: whatever they're going to change anyway. Right. And you use the word business case. The business case has to be a business case, not an HR case. Yes, And that's a key thing, because you know I can, hey, I'm going to cut three heads from HR, and I'm going to be able to hire people and reduce time to fill by three days. Cool. <laughs> Take it one step right. further It's say, right. hey, I'm actually saving $500,000 on my heads and I'm generating $1.8 million in revenue. Use those terms to right. express it, right. not three days and three heads. Let me push it one step further and we're going to be
1: a more diverse organization that values the way in which our customers feel, and look about us, and they say they represent us, and therefore, I want to work with this company going forward, and we're going to use this opportunity to change how we do what we do, source differently, feel differently, and respect differently.
2: Right, and that what you just said is my measure of success. Okay? So, unfortunately, in the HR technology space, we say our measure of success is go live. Yeah, successful go live. And what you just said is truly impactful. But that's, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. your measure of success isn't getting the technology live. Right. Your measure of success is what, the way you just said. Right. We're going to be a more diverse workforce that's going to meet, the, meet our customers where they are, which is going to mean the customers exactly. are going to buy more. Exactly. And we're going to have better relationships. Yeah. That's how we have to express right. these. And I think
1: the reason I said it is because my hope is that boards are forced or do it on their own to start recognizing the fact that organizations
2: need to represent the customers that they're working for and look like them. I, I completely agree. But if you spend the money on a data tool or an analytics tool to be able to measure what you're talking about, and all you do is go live and you say, okay, now managers, right. now board, right. you've got your data, right. you should be fired. Right. Because that's not, the, that's not enough. No, it isn't. And the state
1: of Illinois has actually said, it's not enough to do a pay equity audit. You need to be certified yeah. that you've done a pay equity audit. And what are the steps coming out of that? California is putting in place very good, very open regulations about yeah. pay equity. Yeah. And
2: that's going to force these organizations to change what they do yep. and who they are. Yeah. And, and that requires HR to transform. and it requires HR to be digital. Yeah. And I truly believe because you're what you just said... Our government mandates. If HR doesn't do it, the CFO and the CAO and the COO
1: will do it, and the business will have to do it. Right. And it will become a business process, right. hopefully, exactly, and not the HR process. And then HR. To back to your original point. Goes where? Away. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to push the paper. It's a good way to end. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Jason, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. And hopefully we get to do this again soon. Yes, for sure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Take care. Stay safe.
0: That was the HR Data Labs podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe. And if you know anyone that might like to hear it, please send it their way. Thank you for joining us this week and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.